Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Well, hello there, everybody, and welcome to a brand new edition of On to the Next One, MMAfighting.com's matchmaking podcast. And this week, we discuss the potential futures for some of the notable names from Saturday's excellent UFC 254 event. And one of those notable names, Habib Nurmagomedov, will not be matchmade for, despite successfully defending his title, remaining the UFC lightweight champion of the world, because after his victory... He announced his retirement from the sport after he submitted Justin Gaethje in the second round. So that makes things a little bit more interesting for myself. By the way, I am Mike Heck and being joined with by uh, my co-matchmaker, co-host, my best friend at this point, and just all around uh-huh. terrific individual, Mr. Alex Gailey. How are you, my friend? What a wonderful introduction, my best friend. Uh <laughs> It's funny we were we were kind of sorting out during the card like oh okay it's really that seems pretty obvious who we're gonna how our show is gonna look there's six main card fights and you know all them all the winners put on pretty compelling performances that would make us want to talk about them more make people want to see them fight again more seems pretty simple and then uh, Habib kind of threw everything into chaos a little bit at the end of the night with that with that retirement announcement which which in retrospect now we should be like oh okay it wasn't like super surprising but for some reason for some reason just not something I'd considered I don't know why. I was always thinking he was going to do at least one more fight, possibly more. I I don't know why. I, th- I guess I got uh, like a lot of people got dazzled by the uh, the thirty and zero uh, as if as if that really matters to Habib and his team, right? So uh, uh, we shouldn't have been surprised now. And everything makes a lot of sense. I wrote about it this morning, so uh, very good timing for that. But the, the other thing I want to say, I guess I meant to retire my gymnastics system. I, I don't know if it works for. <laughs> I don't know if it works for sporting events. Uh, it, it certainly where I think it works for movies and other forms of entertainment. But I think I don't I don't know. I, I don't think I gave a number on the preview show, but it definitely wasn't wasn't like a 10. But this event was pretty close to a 10. If we're just talking about like quality of fights and finishes and how eventful it was, it's about as close as you can get. So we've got like just back to back, just like fire events. So uh, Fight Island, the second trip to Fight Island may be better than the first. I was going to ask you, was this the best pay-per-view event of 2020? 
my memory is terrible with these things. I am not a Jose Young's type, but I, I off the top of my head, I certainly can't remember one that was better. I, I would just say, I would say yes. Yeah, I mean, it's probably between that and 249, but 249 was again like we're just waiting for something to happen. It was like the rebirth of sports in the United States. So there was obviously that intrigue and all of those things attached to it. But this is pr- this is a pretty damn good card. And I think the fact that it started at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time just made it that much better, AK. But right now, we do not have a lightweight champion of the world. So rather than matchmake for Habib, who will not have an opponent anytime soon, or at least we don't think he will, you had an interesting idea, did you not? I said, well, I, I guess we just may as well book a vacant lightweight title fight for the UFC. That's that's the next thing they should do. Uh, certainly, the, the topic of a tournament has been brought up, to which I laugh because the UFC will not do that because they're very, very tournament adverse, which is bizarre given that they were founded on a tournament uh, that uh, that was is still held uh, in, in high regard by the fans, held quite fondly. So um, I shouldn't say never. I should give them a little more credit than that. It's possible that they kind of hear this, this groundswell of tournament talk and be like, you know what? This is a good marketing opportunity. We can bring up all the old Hoist Gracie footage, Art Jimerson. <laughs> Uh, and it's great. We'd have Ken Shamrock stuff, you know, and uh, that'd be cool if they did that and said it back to the tournament days. But it would also take a long time. Um, it's just not how their contracts really work either. I don't think the UFC just they just don't want to do it that way. So it might be a TV, whoever uh, we, uh, one fight, one fight for the vacant title. And that's that's what we got to talk about. All right. Well, why don't you start us off? Like, what should we do with the lightweight title? Uh, you know what? I'm going to pose it this way. What should we do and what will they do? Because it's oh. probably two different answers. Boy, uh, I mean, what should they do? I honestly, I still think, I still want to see Justin Gaethje uh, fight for a lightweight title again. Maybe, maybe I just want to see him on pay-per-view and I want to see him go five rounds. Because it's just Justin Gaethje, he's great. Uh, I, yeah, yes, he was soundly defeated by Khabib Nurmagomedov. But to me, that says a lot about uh, Khabib's greatness. <laughs> Nothing bad about Gaethje. Uh, Gaethje just, uh, I, could he have fought a better fight? Sure, of course. Uh, he lost, I'm sure. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's foolish to say he couldn't have fought a better fight. But I don't know if anyone's beating that version of, of Khabib that showed on Saturday night. So uh, I want to be involved. But, so that's my should. But I, I, I also couldn't really work out a scenario where it makes a lot of sense. So for me, and I, and I definitely talked about this after the, after the fight yesterday, I want Michael Chandler to be involved. They won me over with how they've been promoting him. He's doing all the media rounds. He's been, he's been doing 45-minute to an hour-long scrums. The man can talk. Uh, he's certainly very comfortable with it. And then they had him on the show yesterday. They ran a promo, even though he doesn't have a fight schedule, which I can't remember the last time they ever did that. Obviously, the promo is ready because he might have had to replace one of the <laughs> main eventers, but they used it. That's just smart. Use what you have. So I want Chandler to be involved. And I think the guy I want him to fight is Tony Ferguson for a vacant title. I feel like Tony, uh, yes, he lost to Gaethje, but he still has that. Look, that's what? So 12, he lost. Oh, he lost one of his last 13 fights. Let's not let's not forget how great this guy is. Um, so Chandler versus Ferguson, I match I just think it'd be an entertaining fight. It, it would feel just very fresh, uh, and it'd be a weird scenario where um, neither fighter would be coming off a UFC win but getting a title shot. Very 2020, Mike. Very 2020. <laughs> so the correct, I mean, the correct answer of what we should do is just get weird, and it doesn't have like you don't have to bill it as a tournament. Like you don't have to say this is a tournament for like you could just like. M- make a bunch of matchups and we can all we can decipher for ourselves that it's like a tournament so like a quasi tournament to figure this out so like if mcgregor and poirier are gonna fight in january let's just put like all these matchups on that same card and look like what's gonna end up happening is mcgregor and poirier are gonna fight for the title there's just no way around like i would be absolutely shocked if that doesn't happen at this point that's what i think ends up happening the rest of the guys 
You just kind of see it how you see fit. So, like, in my eyes, same card, Gaethje versus Chandler, because I think Gaethje's the top-ranked guy, at least in the UFC's eyes. Chandler is the untested guy in the UFC, so he would kind of be, like, the bottom of the four. So, Gaethje versus Chandler. Gaethje's the top-ranked guy. Chandler is there. It's the fight Chandler wants anyway, so there you go. Then, Tony Ferguson gets in there, and this is where it gets tricky, because you got Dan Hooker ranked at number five, but Charles Oliveira is ranked number six. I'd go with Oliveira in that spot. He's coming off the, he's on a nice little winning streak right now. Hooker's coming off of a loss at Dustin Poirier. Unfortunately, that leaves Mr. Hooker on the sidelines. But the two winners of those fights can square off. Winner fights, winner of that fight fights against either McGregor or Poirier. I think this is the best way. Unfortunately, none of that is probably going to happen. Hooker, you know, Hooker can still fight like one of the losers of these matchups. Frankly, if, if they're just going to do one matchup for the title, I would do Chandler versus Gaethje or Ferguson, like you said. It's just such a cluster F. But let's, I mean, let's be real. Poirier McGregor is going to be the title fight. If that's not the case, I would be completely bewildered and shocked. But let's just put matchups between, you know, Ferguson should be on that card, Chandler should be on that card, Gaethje should be on that card. And then if you want to put Hooker on there, fine. If you want to put Oliveira on there, fine. But that's how they should do it. I know I took us on a journey, but I feel confident that a pr- pretty decent chunk of that will play out in some way. I thought you were going to go an even longer. I thought you were going to go like an eight-man field, eight-man unofficial field. Because then you could fit in Hooker. Because I guess you said, so you said uh, uh, Gaith G, Chandler, uh, Ferguson, the Bronx. And then I guess you, and then somewhere in there you would mix in Dan Hooker, you like said, the, 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 the odd man out. Uh, Kevin Lee? Hmm. I mean, he just, eh, maybe. Felder. Then Hooker would have to fight Felder again. But I, I, I would I, listen. I'd be down to see that. I'd, I'd be down to see three more rounds, three to five more rounds of that fight. Uh, Diego Fajera. <sighs> Fajera, I like. He was supposed to fight Drew Dober, then he got injured. He thinks he can come back in December. Dober's gonna move on. I think Fajera is better than, like, I, I think he deserves an opportunity like that. Honestly, I think he's that good. I think he is that legit. He's ranked number eight. The problem is he just lost all that momentum from finishing uh, Anthony Pettis because he hasn't fought uh, since then. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the only, the only, so the only top 10 guy on my rankings anyway, the top guy, uh, Gregor Gillespie. That's only because we don't know where he's at. But yeah, if he came back, they want to throw him in the tournament. He's six and one, right? He has the, I know the, the last loss is really sticking in people's minds, but. He was on a hell of a run before uh, there was Khabib talk before, before yeah. he lost to Kevin Lee. <laughs> so I hope they do, like I said, some sort of informal tournament. Like, just, you know, some, make the marketing clear that like this is a new a, a new dawn of the lightweight division. And you know, and then yeah, you run a promo with all these names. And uh, um, but uh, yeah, you're right. They don't need to make it official. It'd be cool if they did, but I also understand why they why they wouldn't. Dan Hooker and Dan Hooker's the alternate. There you go. One of these guys can't make it. You slide Hooker in there. So that, see, he's got he's got a role as well. But we will see how that plays out. Lightweight just got very very interesting heading into 2021. We'll definitely discuss more about Habib retiring, the legacy he's leaving behind uh, throughout the week on um, Between the Links, A Side, and other shows. But 155 as of right now is the biggest story heading into 2021. So, I mean, do we even match make for Gaethje or do we just kind of do that? Like, we basically just did that, right? Like, Gaethje should be... Yeah. I mean, I don't know what else... He's, to... he's in the mix. Yeah, he's, he's in, the... in the mix. He's, he's, in he's the... at the top. I wish say he's in the mix. He's at the top of the mix, I guess, doesn't really have dimensions. But if the mix had dimensions, he's at the top of the mix. Yes, I would agree with that. So, I, I, yeah. so let's go to the co-main event. We saw Robert Whitaker defeat Jared Cannonier. Almost finished him in the third round. What a great fight that was, by the way, at 185 pounds. And it seems like all signs are pointing towards 
Robert Whitaker fighting Israel Adesanya once again. I think that will happen eventually. I don't think it happens next for Adesanya. And I think that the fight between Darren Till and Jack Hermanson has gotten much bigger since Saturday. And the reason is Adesanya's not going to want to wait six months to fight again. I just don't see it happening. Like where 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 Adesanya where Adesanya fights like eighty five two hundred five. I have no clue. But he's not going to want to wait till April to fight Robert Whitaker. And Whitaker can take all the time off he wants. The man wants to have the holidays, be there, and focus on the birth of his uh, birth of his child. Like this is kind of a weak answer, but it's what everyone else wants, anyways. His next fight will be for the belt. I mean that that's what I'm going to say. I have no opponent. I assume it will be Adesanya. It absolutely should be a title shot. When that happens, no idea. But his next fight should be for the belt. Kind of a weak answer, AK. No, it's, it's not a weak answer. It's a logical answer. There is <laughs> no reason that Robert Whitaker <laughs> should have to fight anyone again before uh, getting the Izzy rematch. Uh, as you said, look, the, 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 be- uh, the, the happiest guy uh, besides Whitaker for, the, for that win was Darren Till. Because Darren Till knows... I beat I beat Jack Hermanson. I'm getting that title shot. There, there's there's some buzz between me and uh, Izzy ever since I even before he moved up to 185. Uh, he was there's some 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 talk there. So uh, he has to get that win. Hermanson, it's not quite as clear. I wouldn't mind it. I, and and I believe uh, I believe he was one of the names that Izzy mentioned. Uh, he mentioned Jared Kennedy first, of course, after beating Paul Costa. And I think Hermanson was in there. I think he threw his name in there. Izzy's really smart with setting up uh, setting up his next fight. So um, it wouldn't be terrible. I mean, Hermanson again. He lost to Kennedy. That's fine. But a win over Till, especially you know a finish. You could talk people into it. it wouldn't be it wouldn't be a blockbuster pay per view, but at least at least uh, as he gets himself another challenger. But Till would certainly be uh, easy. He he beats Hermanson. It's a lock. He's getting in there. Uh, so yeah, no, I don't have much more to add besides yeah. Uh, Whitaker, enjoy your holidays. Uh, blessings to your child that's coming in January, and uh, just wait to fight Easy again. There's that's that's the, that's the, many many people have gotten rematches for less uh, without having to get two two very good wins, which he has done. He's the number one contender still. Yeah, I think that fight is much more important. And I think it's more important. I think it's just as important, more important than the win itself, is that Till or Hermanson finishes that fight very quickly and is able to turn around very quickly. Like, they have to be like, their mentality is, I have to go finish this guy in the first or second round and then get ready to fight in January or February. Because I think that's that's the only way that they skip the queue and skip Robert Whitaker. And that's if Adesani decides to stay at 185. Like Dana White's been saying, it's great to have options. And that man has a lot of them. So how about how about Jared Kinnanier, AK? First loss since dropping down to 185. He had a very good showing for himself in defeat. I think a lot of people kind of like overlook how good Kinnanier was in that fight. Those leg kicks were great. The ability he had to survive that onslaught. I thought that fight was over. He gets up to his feet and almost knocks out Whitaker in the third round of that fight. He was it was a closer fight than the scores indicated. He does have finishes of David Branch, Anderson Silver, and Jack Hermanson along the way. He's, in a, he's despite the loss, he's still in a pretty decent spot. What is next for the Killer Gorilla? Yeah, it's it's not Jared Kanier's fault that a uh, one-legged Whitaker is like ninety percent <laughs> as effective as a hundred as like full-strength Whitaker. Like that leg was that leg was after a round was like getting killed, he was getting killed. And, and even though he wasn't selling it, you could tell, you could tell Whitaker. It, it's you know it took away some of his explosiveness, but again, he's such a great athlete. It. it Taking away some of his explosiveness just made him kind of rely more on his fundamental uh, technical skills, which we know he has. 
so he just yeah he did look you just uh Kenya just got beat you know he didn't he didn't have a bad performance at all he got beat by a better fighter that's guess what that happens to a lot of fighters that's life uh this matchup i think i saw floating around on social media i can't remember exactly who said it, it might have been more than one person and once i saw it i was like okay it just makes sense i can't get out of my head um uh, paulo costa uh Kenanier, paulo costa right it, it's it seems like a no-brainer be an awesome awesome fight someone someone's getting knocked out great test for both guys whoever wins gets a title shot it it's simple i i, I let's not overthink this <laughs> we were talking before the show and i was saying i think for the most part this car is out of a couple of names outside of a couple of names pretty easy to match people up uh and this was one of them so cannoneer paulo costa i think everyone wants to see it uh let's just do that yeah i mean that's that's my pick too the the other option that i do have yo romero i'm cool with that too if you want to do cannoneer versus romero sign me up for that but at the end of the day cannoneer should have already gotten his freaking title shot Let's give him the opportunity to get one back against the last man to fight for the title. So, um, Heavyweight division. Alexander Volkov puts away Walt Harris in the second round. Drago looked great in the fight. He picked Walt apart. Eventually got the stoppage after just a painful, brutal knee to the, to the solar plexus. And this is interesting, AK, because it's kind of tough at the same time because there's a bit of a logjam in the heavyweight division. Like We have a lot of fights booked up. Stipe versus Francis Ngannou is the heavyweight title fight that isn't going to happen until at least March of next year, as it looks right now. So, to, I mean, to me, it's it, this is a two-horse race. It's Alistair Overeem and it's Jarzinho Rosenstrike. Both are fine. Volkov wants the Jarzinho fight. I'm okay with that. I think Overeem is more in the title hunt than both of those guys right now because of who he is, the storyline of one final run at the title. So I say... Let's give Volkov what he wants. Let's give him Jarzinho. Overeem can fight Derek Lewis, win or lose, depending on how he fares against Curtis Blades. That's my pick. What do you think? Uh, I'm glad you mentioned the logjam at heavyweight. That, that, that is what has made some of our we picked had to pick a lot of heavyweight fights over the last like couple months or so, and that's what has made it tricky. Is we kind <laughs> yeah. of have the, we kind keep having the same num- names lumped together because nobody can really move in the division uh uh this is sucks as uh francis Ngannou always so eloquently puts on his tweets uh and of course he's the man he's the man who would know the most how much this situation is sucks as it were because uh, he should have had a title fight like what like four months ago i don't know uh but i agree i think alistair overings the way to go they were supposed to fight uh st petersburg russia april of last year i think when we did the matchmaking for overeem after his last fight i said volkov i said volkov uh if he beats harris which is what happened. Uh, I said, this was in September. I said it then. Still the fight to make. So, um, yeah, he named a few people in his post-fight, I think. He was saying, like, oh, you know, I want to get uh, – Volkov did. He, he said, I want to get some names to get me towards the title. He mentioned Overeem. He mentioned Jarzinho. He tried to mention Jarzinho. Thankfully, uh, he was helped out with the pronunciation on that one. A little difficult for a not, non-native English speaker and, and, and us as well. And uh, JDS, he mentioned as well. But JDS is supposedly inexplicably being matched up with, like, Cyril Ghan. So – I don't know what that's about. Dana White mentioned it. I've seen nothing, <laughs> nothing else on that front since, but it's at least in the works, I guess. That's a, that's not one. So uh, yeah, over over him is the way to go. So over him for you. I'm fine with that too. Rosenstrike for me. Either way works. Flip a coin. I'm cool with either the, either of them. But it's just a tough position because I mean it's just is what it is. It's the heavyweight division right now. So we go from heavyweight back to the 185 pound division, AK, with one Mister Philip Haas who disposed of. Poor Jacob Malkoon in just 18 seconds. One of the original super prospects of our great sport. He suffered some hard losses early in his career. He picked himself back up, dusted himself off, paid his dues internationally. And now he's in the UFC getting highlight reel finishes. So, my friend, where does Phil Haas go from Saturday night? First of all, 
you and Casey, you mischievous little rugrats guys, I think you guys got me in trouble because you made me talk about Phil Haas in the show after and kind of explain some of the trepidation I had over Phil Haas being on the main card. Um, and I got a message from someone purporting to be Phil Haas's brother, Lamar Haas. This is on, this is on Twitter, so it might be fake. Uh, and he was not happy. I believe, maybe I assume he watched the post fight show. He was not happy with me. Uh, so, so you guys might have got me in trouble. I said by the end of the day that Haas was like super impressive, and I was yes, happy for did. him to make his. So I, I, I get it though. I, I think there was some, there was some joking in there about like, oh, why did it take Phil Haas so long to get to the UFC? And I look. Sometimes we joke too much. So if Lamar Haas, if you're listening to this show, I apologize for uh, for any uh, insult that I that I put forward because uh, I mean, maybe I was out of line. Um, but uh, hey, this guy's a little tricky because I, I I don't want him. <laughs> you know, we were joking after it was such an impressive performance. He has faced such high level experience already, more so than most guys who have just made their UFC debut. So I understand that the urge to push him up. But I was just kind of picking out guys who I think are around his range. Uh, I, I and I'm just Nasardine Imavov. Okay, I know whatever. It's not a sexy matchup. He's another good prospect. Uh, they're in my rankings. They're around the same range. I have other. I feel like Wellington Turman, who was actually supposed to fight this week, but uh, got COVID, and uh, Bartosz Fabinski. If you want a guy with a little more UFC experience, so I know these names are these names right now are just a, a, a fly buzzing in people's ears. But I'm not wanting to put Haas against a name veteran at this point. I, I'm not doing it. Well, at least we get to disagree on on something, AK, because I think he has put himself in a position where he has no limitations. Like, I feel like you can't really slow roll him anymore because you slow rolled him as much as you could for his first UFC fight. He demolished his opponent. There's no need to slow roll him any longer. I'm not saying we throw him a top 15 or anything like that, but he, I think he does need a vet test against someone who would be hungry to take out a prospect that people are excited about. And because this man did so well building up his last fight against a big prospect, I say we give him another opportunity to get that taste out of his mouth. So my pick is one Phil Haas against Gerald Mearshart. Megatron versus GM3. I like that idea. It's a good step up. If he beats GM3, there you go. Then we can start sniffing out top 15 opponents or at least getting much closer. But I think that's a good side. I, I put Mirashar, what, 30, 35 in that division? Haas can't be that far off. Can he? He certainly can, he certainly can be, sir. In my rankings of <laughs> approximately about 70 middleweights, give or take, uh, I have, I mean, I already gave him, I already debuted Haas. I put him in at 49, which I know like, oh, 49, it's so low for a guy to put 18 seconds. That's really, that's really high for guys. That's, that's, that's 21 spots higher than, than a bunch of people who have already fought multiple times in the UFC. Uh, and I have Gerald, maybe a little too high, I don't know, 26, so top 30. Uh, I get it. Uh, look, I get it. Like, I was going to say, oh, uh, we can't match him up with a guy like Gerald. Gerald has so much more experience. Gerald has more experience than like everybody. So the whole world. Yeah. So there's really, there's really at some point you're going to have to match him up with someone. Uh, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Uh, again, I'm, I'm, I'm just a little more reluctant to move Phil up. I don't, I don't want to talk about it anymore because you're going to get me in trouble with Lamar, with Lamar Haas. So <laughs> I'm sticking with my story. I want him around guys with similar UFC experience, but I get if you're going to go up, I, you could do, certainly have worse matchups than Gerald. Gerald yes. And, but what I, what I think is going to happen is that one of these upcoming 85 matchups over the next three or four weeks, someone's going to fall out and Phil Haas is going to get inserted in. Yeah, this is one of those guys, like we, we've been saying recently, 
probably not, not not someone we can really reasonably match make for. He's gonna he's gonna get some sort of short notice fight that we can't even predict. So uh, put him on that list. Really, that's that's probably the most accurate prediction we could make. Yes. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombe makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between so you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected, and 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. And now we get to one of the questions that I've been getting the most, AK. Emails, tweets, uh, post-show questions. What is next for Lauren Murphy after her submission win over Lilia Shakarova? And I've thought about this quite a bit over the last 24 hours or so. I waxed poetically about it on the post-fight show. And last week on this very program, I said that Jessica Andrade should either get a title shot fight Lauren Murphy, or fight Cynthia Calvillo. Shevchenko is getting ready to fight Jennifer Maya on November 21st. <laughs> Lauren Murphy is hilarious. Said, you know what? Screw it. Take Maya out and put Andrade in, and then Lauren Murphy would get the winner of that fight. That's what she wanted. So it's a little too late for that unless something bad happens to Jennifer Maya and she can't make it. And I hate to say this because I like Cynthia Calvillo, and it sucks that she tested positive for COVID-19. Unfortunately for her, the fact that Lauren stayed on the card, took the risk, she deserves to have the lead between the two, in my opinion. So my pick, we do Murphy versus Andrade, clear-cut number one contender fight, keeps both women busy between Shevchenko's title defense and whenever she's ready to come back and defend again. Because let's remember, Valentina Shevchenko, heavily favored to retain her title. She hasn't fought more than twice in a year. Since signing with the UFC, the last time she fought three times in one year was in 2015, and two of those fights were outside of the UFC. Now, I will say this, recency aside, she did fight three times from June of last year to February of this year. Okay. So maybe she'll be more active now. I just don't want to necessarily bank on that. So put Murphy and Andrade, December 12th, December 19th, 
winner gets the next title shot and Calvi is going to have to fight Caitlin Chukagin or somebody like that. Like that's that's just where we're at at this point. I don't know. What do you think? This was tough. This was the <laughs> I'm like you. This was the one that I just could not find an easy answer. I I feel like there's no home run answer. Uh, in a perfect world, you know, Lauren Murphy could wait uh, and, and get that title shot no matter what, whether it's, you know, whoever gets it ahead of her. But again, then, then, we're, then we're talking about waiting six months, seven months, eight months. We really have no idea. And I don't think she wants to wait on the sideline that long. She wants to fight and she wants to fight for the world title now. Um, how crazy is it, by the way, that, you know, we always get on the UFC for not booking fights enough ahead of time and not giving fights, you know, proper time to get uh, get get hyped up and marketed. And they, they, they booked this Maya Shevchenko fight well ahead of time. Uh, it's not even until, it's until next month, I think, end of uh, third week of November or something like that. And it's not until, and yet during all this time now, it feels like Andrade and Murphy have hurdled Maya as far as fan interest goes. There, there wasn't a lot of heat to the Maya Shevchenko matchup to begin with. I mean, there was a there was like a nod of like, oh yeah, she's she's a deserving challenger. Just you know, and at the time we couldn't think of anyone that should be higher. We're like, yeah, okay. Then Andrade comes up, huge win. Murphy keeps the keeps her winning performance going. Looks amazing against a, a you know a newcomer, but took care of business like she's supposed to. And suddenly, I think a lot of I kept forgetting that Maya was even getting the title shot. And when the time the fight rolls around uh, next month, you're gonna have people going like, why isn't? Why is Nandraj getting this title shot? Why isn't Lauren Murphy getting this title shot? You know, I think you're going to have a lot of those questions forgetting that this fight was booked like two months ago, uh, as, as fights should be. So it's kind of a no-win situation for the UFC there. Uh, I, I feel a little bad for the matchmakers in that case. But um, gosh, I – Jessica Andraj, last week I said I wanted to just see her fight uh, Shevchenko. Um, so I can't go against that. I, I did not think it was fair to Murphy if she got a win against Shakarova to have to fight Andraj, and I wanted to win. So – but again, there's just all these contradicting, contradicting things going on. I think the Cynthia Calvillo rebooking is the way to go. But then there's almost a question of like, what was the point of of having of the fighting Shakarova then, if she's just gonna have to go through Calvillo anyway? But I think Andrade should get the title shot against the Maya uh, Shevchenko winner, and then I, I still, I, I, if if Murphy wants to stay busy, and I think it's fair to Calvillo as well. I think she's gonna want to fight. I think you go Calvillo Murphy. Um, this, this is how I think people have the tone of my voice. How strongly I feel about this. Uh, <laughs> Lauren, Lauren Murphy should be getting a title shot. Should be getting a guaranteed title shot. She is, but she will not. And I think she wants to fight again. And it, I think it will just be rebook Calvillo. And here's what both ladies said after their wins: Andrade and Murphy. I don't want to wait. Like I don't want to wait. I want to fight. Mm-hmm. So let's, yeah. let's just fight them. Like just fight each other and, and call it a day. Because you, like you said, like if Murphy just waits, she might be waiting a year to fight again, and she sure as hell isn't going to do that. So, no. but good on Lauren Murphy. And I said, and I think we were all in agreement during the post fight show. A plus. She was. Yeah. She she. Besides Habib, I think she has the highest grade of anybody. A plus the way she delivered from start to finish, because she did everything she could with what she had, and and then some. She literally could not do any more besides going to Valentina's house and slapping her in the face. Like, that's literally all she could do. And she did it. So good on her. Robert Whitaker would be my second star of the night. If only I love a carefree, freewheeling Whitaker. Whitaker. Uh, he's just he's just nonstop laughing now when he does interviews now. Like, he he's he laughs at the questions. He just he gets very uh, curt but polite answers. He's, he's pretty much fully embraced the absurdity of MMA, uh, and he seems in a much better place than he was when he was, uh, you know, the stress of being champion and all the, uh, you know, and, and having to deal with the media. Then whatever he's doing to, to take care of his mental health and keep doing it, Robert, because he seems to be loving life right now and, and making very good decisions. Despite like this cluster that is kind of confusing and we don't know what the hell is going to happen, 
it's the most interesting the women's flyweight division has ever been. Like, it's not like the division's been around for 20 years, but since its inception, it's been kind of looked at as just like, eh, now we got 35ers, you know, going down. We got 15ers going up. It's just like this colossal mix of misfits in a way, and the division just mm-hmm. hasn't gotten that interesting because Valentina, just no one's going to beat Valentina. But, man, just getting the, the road to Valentina, this is the best and most interesting the women's 25 division has ever been, right? I think I think at the end of the year, Mike, uh, when we look back on some of the best stories of 2020, I think the rise of sort of the flyweight of the women's flyweight division is going to be up there with sort of the, the realization of the depth of uh, the men's bantamweight division, which many some some are calling now the deepest division uh, in all of MMA, especially if you add in Bellator. So uh, so kudos to uh, the matchmakers and, of course, the athletes in the uh, flyweight division for really, really uh, making it a, a division to watch. Absolutely. What a. What a change for Lauren Murphy over the years. This is just she's been a great story herself, just seeing where she's where she's gone and kind of gone from and she's admitted herself kind of a laughing stock to a title contender in a matter of like eighteen months to two years. So good on her. She's uh definitely a factor at one twenty five. But I'm interested to hear where, where your thought process is at, AK, with the first fight of the main card, the ending of the rivalry between Magomed Ankalaev and Iwan Kutalaba. Ankalaev knocks Kutalaba stiff in the final minute of the first round, exclamation point city. He cannot move on as a top 15 guy and fight ranked guys, AK, like he should have been doing in the first place. But Ankalaev looked phenomenal on Saturday. He deserves a reward going through this whole ordeal, booking, cancellation, booking, cancellation, COVID. It was crazy. Where does he go from that win on Saturday? He can move on from Iwan Kutalaba. We all can move on from Ankalaev Kutalaba because that saga, again, it was really only eight months ago when they first fought, but that saga did really seem to go on forever. It was booked multiple times. Um, where does he go? Man, I mean, look, he's been, people have been calling him a sleeper uh, in the 205 division for a while. And uh, with the way the division's shaped up now, I mean, that sleeper, it, he woke up in a big way. Uh, last night for anyone who wasn't aware how how, how talented this guy is or, or why he's been in the top 15 of the ranks, I think, for the last couple of years. Um, I like there's like two really good matches. I like uh, the one. I, but I'll, I'll say the one I favor the most. I think Misha Serkinov, I think, is a good way. I, maybe I have Misha ranked too high still. He's definitely obviously he hasn't fought since last September. So I don't know how much he's dropped uh, in the rankings of, of some people's eyes or even in the UFC's rankings. I should check that. But uh, I think I think it's a good style matchup. Um, again, two guys who I think are right on the door of the top 10. I think whoever wins that probably gets a top 10 spot at, at light heavyweight. Uh, so yeah, Amisha we haven't seen since last September. So hopefully he's healthy, and you know it's just sort of travel and travel issues, and you know how difficult it is to train and prepare for things during this uh, pandemic era we're living in. And otherwise, I uh, hope he's hundred percent healthy, and we can see that matchup made. Uh, so right now, Ankalaev is ranked number eleven. Serkinov okay. ranked number ten. Oh, there we go. Yeah, I so it's actually. Just, yeah. uh, I like that idea, but I'm ready to get all sorts of weird. Ak, this has you been always a, are. It's been a. It's been a crazy year for for Mr. Ankh alive, and I think we should just get a little crazier after this year. So you said Sirkinov, which I like, the number 10 guy. And we have two guys in this division who are looking to break the wall down. So I say we just match them up. Let's go a spot above that. So give me Ankh alive versus Johnny Walker. I want it. I need it. He's Walker's ranked number nine. I already said last week I want to see Jimmy Crew versus Volkan Ozdemir. I would have given him Ozdemir had I not said that last week with Jimmy Crude on last week's program. Ankalai versus Walker is just bananas, weird, wild, and fun. I'm in, AK. That's what I want to see. I liked Walker Crude, so I cannot recommit Walker. <laughs> uh, 
the other the other name I really love, which uh, Nikita Krylov, which is which is yeah. one I think I saw people mentioning. Um, so yeah, Ankalaev is again. There's that 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 like there's like five or six guys just right outside the top ten, and I think they slot right into fights with each other like perfectly. A lot of people I saw on Twitter wanted to see Ankalaev versus Prohashka. No way. Nope, we're not doing that now. I want to see it. I don't want to see it now though. That is to be we like want to see Prohashka booked. We got to get this guy booked. Yeah, I, I mean that's exciting. Yes. I thought we we're going to see Prohashka Krylov already, or Prohashka versus Rakic. I mean, that's the mm. fight to make. I don't, I can't, yeah. I don't understand. I don't get it. But uh, that's fun. I mean, anything for. I just want to see Ankalaya fight. You know, a top ten guy. He's he's that good. I just want to see how good he really is. Mm-hmm. As we move on to the wild card round, where we choose a fighter that we have not match made for yet, and we go ahead and do it right now. I love the wild card round. Favorite part of the show outside of the listener submissions. AK, start us off, my man. What is your UFC 254 post-mortem wildcard selection. Well, first, my usual rundown for guys who I think neither of us are going to pick. Uh, uh, Joel Alvarez, great win. Make weight. That's that's what's next for you, buddy. Uh, Miranda Maverick, keep working on that PhD. What a, what a young, brilliant talent. Uh, tied to Ivasa, stop doing shoeies. That's just general life advice. Uh, he doesn't really need advice from me. He got a good win over Stefan Struve. Got back in the win column. Just stop doing shoeies. They're disgusting. Just, uh, it's, not, it's, not, it's not cute. It's not cute. Uh, so I went with, uh, but I went with the one I got. I got. I tried to match up with was Shavkat Rachmanov, who uh, I boldly stated on Twitter. I think is as exciting a prospect as Hamza Shemaev. Okay, if we're talking about guys at 170, this guy's legit. Uh, obviously Hamza is too, but I think what 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 Rachmanov did against uh, Alex Oliveira is as impressive as the Gerald Mearshart win. Certainly more impressive than the John Phillips or the other recent key wins. So, um, and people gotta realize he's he's uh, more experienced than average for UFC de- debutant. Uh, uh, though he is just one zero now, and he's also only twenty five years old. So some names I threw out there. He was originally supposed to fight another veteran, uh, Alizu Zaleski, instead. So that makes a lot of sense. But Zaleski, uh, he was removed from that fight because of an LCL tear. So. It's, you know, at uh, the time he's not getting surgery, as far as I know, but the time frame there is a little shaky. I don't know if uh, we don't know when he'll be back. Don't know how when they're going to want to book Rachmanov again. Uh, Munir Lazez, who was supposed to fight again on October 17th, he got COVID. Maybe if that clears up, we can match him up. Diego Lima was a name I really want to see him fight, uh, but he's he's again neck injury. You can't play around with those. I, I assume he'll be recovered soon, but we again we haven't been given a timetable on that. So. Going with someone with just a little more UFC experience in Rachmanov and also a very solid record uh, before joining the promotion. Takashi Sato. Uh, he's a little bit of a question mark as well. He was supposed to fight Daniel Rodriguez August 22nd. He was ruled medically unfit to compete after weighing in because we don't know what happened. I assume it was tied to the weight cut and uh, hopefully nothing more serious. But yeah, that's the name I'm throwing out there because just wanted to book Rachmanov again. I think it's a big, big prospect. I, I uh, will have some reader submissions later, which are probably more interesting than what I suggested. <laughs> But uh, Takashi Sato, uh, Shavkat Rachmanov is a fight that I'm eyeing. Well, this happens from time to time. I also chose Shavkat Rachmanov uh, because he was one. I mean, in my opinion, if we're going like five stars of the night, he's in that top five, in my opinion. I mean, the man just took out Cowboy Oliveira, who missed weight in his UFC UFC debut in the first round. Like, Good Fat things cowboy. happened. Yeah, he, cowboy. He, he beat Chunky Cowboy. Like, that was super impressive. And he deserves something really good after that. I'm not ready to give him a top 15 guy. He called out Donald Cerrone. I'm not all that thrilled with that idea. But if they do it, I'm okay with it. I have two names for Rachmanov. I think he's, I think he's right there, man. Two guys where I look at them and I say, you know what? You're doing well. 
You've been damn impressive, but let's see how good you really are. Let's see if you are top 15 material. So I have two, Rachmanov versus Daniel Rodriguez, or my first choice is Rachmanov versus Jake Matthews. Give him a step up with a win, knock on the door of, of a top 15 spot. That's either of those two guys works for me, but that's the kind of step up I want to see guys like, you know, 25 to 20 range. And I think both those guys are probably in that neck of the woods right now. There's some really good looking kind of welter. You mentioned Daniel Rodriguez. So we were talking about Rachmanov, Sean Brady, of course, absolute blue chipper. That that's sort of middle of the pack right now of younger welterweight guys. That's exciting. That's like guys, all guys you can see like in the top 15 in like a year, 18 months from now, like, Damn, this is nice. This this division is looking nice again. Eh? Yeah, Brady versus Bilal Muhammad's a great oh, fight. I'm very excited for that. That's um, a good one. Do we have any listener matchmaking submissions? Hold on, hold on, hold on. You, oh, you I, what, happened to, what happened to Casey Kenny? What happened to your boy Casey Kenny? I told, I said this like Casey Kenny. I mean, there's this one option for him right now. Like, if, if he wants to fight somebody relatively name wise in the top 15 before the year is over, he's gonna have to fight Marab on short notice. And I don't know how excited Marab would be to do that. I, I went in heading I went heading into UFC 254 with a wild card pick ready to go. Casey Kenny versus Rob Font. That was going to be my pick. But Rob Font had to go ahead and book a fight with I don't know Marlon Marais for his comeback. I guess that's okay. Sure. I mean Casey Kenny would have been cool too. But no. But seriously, like as soon as I heard that, I was like, well, there goes my wild card pick. And then like Miranda Maverick, I was thinking about, but I was just like, eh, she should fight like. Justine Kish or somebody like that. Like, yeah. I don't want to rush her. You know what I mean? It's just all the winners, like, you don't want to rush or they missed weight or, like, it's. I, I feel like Rock Bottom deserves the shine. Yeah, definitely. I, uh, again, this, this is a guy, I wish they'd been able to hype him up a little bit more, but I think after this win... I don't know if he's going to get that Shemaev push. Uh, the one thing I'll say about Shemaev, I'm always kind of, kind of, kind of talking about how like we're pushing a little too fast. Part of that is he, 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 he does make very good use of his English. You know what I mean? Obviously, he has limited English, but he's 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 picked up you know the sort of the Habib smash thing, which is which people like you know people in North America like, uh, and yeah, and just as is just has just enough English and uh, is very uh, very good with his words uh, when it comes to kind of generating headlines and and uh, calling people out. So uh, that that is something that Shemaev has over a lot of other prospects. So I'll, I'll I'll definitely give him that. In addition to him being you know pretty pretty damn amazing fighter. Um, what do you want first, Mike? Do you want DMs or do you want email? I got. Let's do the DMs first. Then we'll do the oh, email. DMs? I'm intrigued yeah, by yeah. emails. So DMs, uh, I got one from Aronski. That's at Aronski, uh, S-K, S, ending S-K-I-I, three I's. Anyway, you guys can try and find this guy online. Uh, he DM'd me. Uh, he had some good. So Rachmanov, what's well, good? You know, he mentioned Rachmanov. Rocco Martin was the name he moved out there. And I didn't want to steal it because I like, yeah, I could see that. I could see Rocco Martin. Uh, and uh, Jesse Ronson, I like, except I believe Jesse Ronson probably has his eyes on returning to 155. Uh, I don't know if he wants to be fighting top welterweight prospects like Shavkat Rachmanov. It's not right. kind of a fun thing to do. Uh, he liked Casey Kenny versus uh, Song Yadong, or I think this might be too much to assume. I believe he's saying Rafael Asuncao. I actually like that. I actually, I, like, th- I think that's, that's a, a good... huge jump. I think that's a good fight. I mean, he'd love it. Kenny would sign on for that in a friggin' second. <laughs> uh, uh, he likes he likes Ankalaev as Krylov. Uh, this I thought you mentioned this in the show yesterday. Bill Haas as Zach Cummings. I think this is one of the names you were. Yeah, that there. was one of the names yeah. I threw out there. It makes sense. So, so again, we're talking about veteran guys in, the, in that sort of Mearshart range. Uh, Tui Vasa versus Philip Linz. Linz? I don't know if he's going to be for the UFC anymore. Uh, or Romanov. Romanov wins the next fight. Uh, so, yeah, thank you from uh, Ronsky Hills that he said loves the show uh, and thanks for considering his picks. 
And then Harry Lipsky, who's messaged me in the past, and I, I keep telling this guy, uh, this is at Harry Lips Five on Twitter. I keep telling this guy, get your picks in uh, like Saturday night, and we'll, we'll try and get it on the show. So uh, he got it in, buddy. He got it in time. He likes Gaethje McGregor for the belt, of course, as I'm sure the UFC does as uh, she would as well. Uh, he apologized with apologies to Dustin Poirier, uh, the Whitaker, <laughs> the Whitaker is rematch, kind of near Costa, uh, Volkov over him. Uh, he also mentioned JDS, but again, there's the gone thing. Uh, Walt Harris, Augusto Sakai. Is that the guy we think, Mike, that we could finally get that feel-good moment for Walt Harris? Sakai is not an easy, it's not really an easy out. It's a tough fight. Yeah. There's a huge athleticism and speed gap, which, again, which which we saw, I mean, even even against Volkov, we saw Harris kind of had that advantage. So, I don't, I'm not against it, but I, like we said, we, we, we kind of want to see them bring in a real jobber for, for, for Harris to have that feel-good moment. <laughs> Uh, Andler, Tony Ferguson, and uh, Murphy Andrade. I'm seeing a few. I saw a lot of Murphy Andrade suggestions. It does. Ugh, I don't know. That's just so un, so unfair to, to Murphy. I feel. Um, and then random. Oh, this is where we get wild. I ran into the wild west of random Twitter onto the next one solicitations. <laughs> I won't read them all, uh, but for Shavkat, we got our first fighter volunteering for an onto the next one. Yes, uh, PFL and UFC veteran Glyco Franca chimed in uh, when we asked who should Shavkat right next fight next he said me nice so, so, Glyco, so if the UFC wants to bring Glyco Franco back a fine uh, fine welterweight talent to fight Rachmanov he is volunteered uh, so there we go he's got a little bit of a name <laughs> people said Hamzat Michael Chiesa come on uh, Tyron Woodley and uh, at, uh, at Adam Knows Better on Twitter with the lovely CM Punk uh, so there you go nice <laughs> very good very, yes that's what people want uh, what I don't, I don't want to run through everything we have here, and we already talked about Kenny and Kalaev, uh, Murphy again. I, you know, there was just no, I think, no really, no good solution uh, for this. I want to see if people have smarter solutions than us. People are throwing out straw weight names. No, this, the, 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 these people, you know, the guys, you haven't been helpful. Shemaev, yeah, I'm sure Shemaev <laughs> is in there. Uh, Phil Haas, well, that you mentioned it, Phil Haas, Shemaev, so enough for that. Uh, someone else said Eric Anders, Kevin Holland, no. They both, they both they both have fights booked. Okay, Edmund Shabazian. I'm not. A, that's not terrible. That's not terrible. Uh, the, though, though I I think the push of Shabazian should continue. I want him not matched up with another prospect. And uh, Christoph Jaco. My boy Jaco's got to get. Oh, I think he is booked. Is he? I thought he was booked, know. and then like something happened. Right, right. That actually sounds more familiar. Um, Robert Whitaker. We had some comments. Uh, mostly just people saying he's going to lose to Izzy again. And I think we're, look, maybe he would, but that's no reason not to make the rematch, guys. Come on. Uh, and Miranda Maverick, the last one I'll read, the, the random solicitations. Miranda Maverick uh, from Javon Johnson. He says, either Maria Agapova or Alexa Grasso. I could see Agapova. That might make sense. Grasso, I don't, I don't want to see that. I do not want to see that. I, honestly, and this is no disrespect to Maria Agapova, I think Miranda Maverick would just annihilate her just murk her wow. it's just not it's it's I mean, just I, not fair maverick wow, that, would, maverick that, would run the, through her the miranda maverick top gun uh jet yeah it's she, not even a train it's a it's a it's a jet yeah um uh, and then from regular regular review uh, listener and contributor at mighty magic mart on twitter <laughs> uh he likes ankalaya versus uzdemir he just wants to move him up in the in the top 10 uh and uh, what else? And then uh, Casey Kenny versus either Song Yadong, which was mentioned before, or the winner of Kelleher, Ricky Simone. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe if Simone wins. I don't know. Well, uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't think I don't think Kelleher wants to go to 35 like anytime soon. 
Oh right, right, right. He's enjoy he's enjoying the the uh, bantamweight fights at 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 145 that he's been. He doing. sure is. He Just, sure yeah. is. Not cutting weight. Not having to worry about. Yeah, no. He's he's been very smart about it. Yeah. Uh, hey, maybe Kenny. Maybe Kenny would go up to 145 to do the the 145 bantamweight dance. I don't know. Maybe. So uh, so there you go. We had quite a slew. I, I I could have read a lot more, but there's only so many hours in the day, and I want to thank, <laughs> thank you to everyone who who who, who uh, commented on Twitter, sent in replies, but and especially thank you for people who DM'd. Uh, an email. Did I say that email is from Tristan Gordet? Our, our usual, another one of our usual viewers, Tristan Gordet. Tristan Gordet. He sent the email. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, Christoph Jocko is supposed to fight this coming Saturday against Mahmoud uh, Muradov. I'm so bad. I'm so. I'm right. Yesterday, I'm like, when are, when, I was like, when are Till and Hermanson fighting? And you guys like next week? I'm like, what? Till and Hermanson is, is December. Oh, no, December, I think. I really have no idea what's going yeah, on. Yeah, I think it's Uriah Hall, Anderson Silva, right? That's next week. Right? That's next week. Yes, I'm back. I'm back, guys. I'm back. There you go. Uh, and listen, if you guys are listening to this right now and you're like, "Oh, I want to get my suggestion in," get him in there. We'll talk about it on on the Twitter. All right. AK is at Alexander K Lee. I am at Mike Heck underscore Jr. Join us next week as we discuss the fallout and futures for some of the notable names of UFC Vegas 12. Is that what we're going with here? UFC Fight Night, Silva versus Hall, or Hall versus... Listen, at the end of the day, this is what's... It's supposed to be the final fight of the legendary career of Anderson Silva. So back-to-back events with legend retirements. He takes on Uriah Hall. Really good featherweight bout between Andre Feely and Bryce Mitchell as the co-main event. Greg Hardy versus Maurice Green is on that card. By the way, just because we mentioned Walt Harris, I think the winner of that fight should fight Walt Harris next. That's just my pick. But uh, as far as this week's show goes, we are out of time. For Alex Kaylee, I am Mike Hack. And as always, folks, do not take this too seriously. MMA is supposed to be fun. It is our job to make it that way. So we'll see you next time right here on On to the Next One, the podcast. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.